Welcome to the Having a Nosy podcast. I'm Georgia Gadsby, the founder of Having a Nosy, and today I'm interviewing the incredibly talented founder of Mood Threads, Jazz Moody. Jazz's business is called Mood Threads, and it's all about helping women to love their bodies and do it in a non-sexualized way. Through art forms such as embroidery and hand painting, Jazz puts the female form on everything from t-shirts to cushions to hoodies, everything you can think of. She also does nude commissions where women can send through a nude picture of themselves to Jazz personally and she then embroiders it on an item of clothing that's personalised to that person. In this episode, Jasmine and I chat about everything from taking nudes and loving our bodies to feminism to pubes and wonky pubes. We hope you enjoy it. Mood Threads, obviously, a fantastic (laughs) business that you've started. Do you want to just take everyone through a little bit of your journey and what your business is? Okay, so Mood Threads is, I guess, my side hustle, but it's my little baby, really. I basically embroider and draw the nude female form. This kind of came about simply because I'm only good at drawing nudes, which is very convenient. (laughs) Um, And I only found this out because the only thing I've ever wanted to draw has been female nudes. Um, Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a bit rogue, but what can you do? Um, And I guess I was studying abroad in France when mood kind of came about. And I guess I was using my life drawing and new sketches of myself as a bit of a way to kind of reconnect with my body. Because I mean, like most girls and most people in general, really, I've struggled with like self-confidence, self-esteem and especially body image. So I'm a twin. So that element of comparison always plays on my mind. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, it probably explains a lot of my demons, but also like (laughs) amazing to have a twin. So I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, But I think there's always been a bit of that weight on my shoulders that's kind of Mm. been, oh, I could look like this. I don't I don't have the right body. And I think for me, it was always my boobs that um, kind of really weighed on me. Pardon the pun, actually. Physically (laughs) and emotionally. Um, (laughs) And I think I always got loads of unwanted attention from my boobs. And Mm. I was I was just trying to find a way to to reconnect and actually feel like my body was mine and I had it for a reason. And one of the ways I did that randomly was by just stumbling across kind of taking nudes for myself Mm. and like looking at myself from a new perspective and just feeling like everything was there for a reason. Um, And I think just crazy to have stumbled across like the whole take a nude, transform it into art and actually you can see yourself as a masterpiece. Like it's amazing. It's so, so powerful. Um, and it all happened just by chance. Um, no, no grand plan. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just feel very lucky to have kind of had that journey. Um, and I guess the embroidery bit came in when I had loads of free time on my study abroad here mm. and just kind of went for it. I just ordered this beautiful Cantan needle, is what it's called when I do my hand embroidery. Oh, wow. um, and took up stitching. God knows why. It's such a um, lovely <laughs> art form, though. And I feel like quite a lot of people like young people as well have started doing it which is really interesting because yeah. a lot of the time I think there's like a bit of a uh, not really a stigma but an idea that things like embroidery and knitting is for old people when it's not oh my gosh yes we are reclaiming stitching yeah. I love it it's um, so exciting <laughs> yeah I feel like it's actually really powerful I, I don't really think about this with my artwork but with loads of other kind of stitches and embroiderers I think it's reclaiming that that usual pastime that is 
kind of reserved for the housewives of yesteryear. Yeah. Whereas actually we're like, no, we can get our message across through beautiful art and through the art of stitching. And I actually think it's so ther- like so therapeutic. It's oh, just amazing yeah, to definitely. switch off. Just sit um, there, play some music and just go. Absolutely. Yeah. Genuinely, genuinely, yeah. And just switch off and follow the lines and just that's all you're focusing on. Definitely. Like really meditative actually. I can super relate to that. Like I remember Back when I did textiles for A-Level, I used to love those lessons. I used to go in and yeah. just sit there and just play with materials and stuff and do my stitching or whatever I was doing. And I just absolutely loved it. It was like my time to shut off from the rest of the day. Completely. I can't recommend embroidery enough. <laughs> yeah. So in that way, obviously, because you do embroidery all the time for your work and your business, do you mm. find that your business, I'm sure there's a lot of hard stuff about it as well, but is it still really fun for you? Yeah. Do you know what? I am... Um it's difficult because obviously the more you do something the Mm. less special it feels yeah but actually with the nude commissions every single piece is so different and I put so much time into getting to know the people that that have trusted me to transform their most intimate image they've probably Mm. ever taken for someone they don't know um and I feel like that adrenaline that people inevitably get from sending me the image it's just transferred to me like it's so fun it's so amazing and sometimes really emotional as well Mm. I Um, suppose especially if anyone has you know a body that they've gone through a massive journey with or you never know I'm sure you probably get like a whole variety of people people with disabilities and people all sorts of different people with different body shapes and different comfortabilities with their body as well it must be really exciting to be able to see that and create art from it it is and it's actually I don't want to sound cheesy because it's all been said before but (laughs) we've gone way past that don't worry (laughs) it's just refreshing to see so many shapes and sizes and I just wish kind of in those years where I was just beating myself up like every young girl Mm. that actually my inbox had been filled with these amazing women of all shapes and sizes with like scars with stretch marks it's just amazing to see not only the variety but actually like the joy that people have from sending these to me it must be liberating not only to like do the embroidery and receive the work but for the customer as well to like send that send that photo and feel quite liberated and excited for their product to come it is like a little bit of a journey of excitement yeah I always see it as a journey and I just I'm so thankful to all the women who kind of really take that leap Mm. and I think it's it's a moment in time that they build themselves up for and actually, it's the release when you've hit send and you're like, wow, OK, Can't it's out there. I've just done this. Yeah, yeah amazing. exactly. And going, exactly. Back to, going back to the beginning as well, I was wondering who your first piece was actually for other than yourself and when you knew, maybe after that first piece or after the next few pieces, when you could turn such a fun little project into a business? So... I didn't create a specific piece for a specific person. Mm. I posted a T-shirt that I'd made actually for myself on my personal Instagram um, and got a message from a girl at uni who I wasn't close to, Mm. but who was just digging this nude tea with two naked babes (laughs) on. And I was like, I mean, happy to sell it to you if you want. But really before that, hadn't even contemplated it as a viable business. Mm. Um, And even then still didn't really believe that it could go anywhere but it just kind of snowballed and and I set up a separate Instagram and I think that was just the moment when I was like oh well 
I've got this new skill. I'll share about it. It's interesting. It is a bit different, mm. but actually it's then kind of when friends of friends start asking for it. And, and that's when I kind of realised, hmm, I only have one pair of hands, but <laughs> how can I... <laughs> How can I make sure everyone gets what they want from me? Which is obviously really hard to juggle because I, I started it at uni. So I've yeah. all, it's always been that side hustle mm. um, for me. But yeah, it was never it was never a conscious plan. And I think the moment when I realised that friends of friends who don't know me mm. wanted my product, I was like, OK, they're not just doing this to, to pity me. They're not yeah. pity purchasers. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so exciting. And I remember following mood threads ages ago probably like a, a year ago even maybe and oh. yeah and I've just been following the journey ever since because I just think it's such a fantastic movement but I remember when you had like 5,000 followers and now you've got 8,000 followers like that's crazy absolutely, it's absolutely <laughs> mad it is absolutely mad like I still pinch myself I don't yeah. think it's particularly poignant to me because that initial um, Instagram account that I had was deactivated by Instagram. Oh, um, I remember. Th- I remember you yeah. posting about this actually. Yeah. So I think I I never take those followers and that number and that mm. support for granted because I have lost it all before. Yeah. So despite having sleepless nights, um, <laughs> it's actually like it's genuinely made me appreciate what I have and the amazing girls and guys who who like have followed me from the beginning like you it's amazing yeah. it blows my mind I that you even know who I am yeah. <laughs> I think it's so interesting though because it is like a bit of a community that you've made and I think yeah. even if you were to lose your Instagram ca- account again I mean fingers crossed that doesn't happen but touch you, wood. yeah touch wood but you still have like your website and people I think people would notice as well because I know if I didn't see a couple of Insta stories going up every now and yeah. then I'd be like where, where is it and then I think in that way that community would almost come together to make sure like you got your followers back and things like that because everyone is so there for the cause yeah I think you're bang on as well when when that first account went down I was not only fuming that it had gone mm. it had been taken down because it was supposedly sexually explicit which is just the epitome of what I'm fighting yeah but also just the people who came out of the woodwork and supported me and got my other page running I was like Gosh, I actually don't know how to thank you. Mm. <laughs> it was amazing. And you're right, it, it was a community. And I think people have felt like it was not just an attack on the page, but actually for all women and yeah. all of our bodies to be labelled that way. Yeah, and to um, be taken down just for our body parts. But, and not necessarily even mm-hmm. our body parts, but embroidery or art of our body parts. Exactly. It's, it's, thank you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's still yeah. a bit ridiculous to me that that would even happen. But... I guess that's just how far behind the people that work on Instagram are. (laughs) It's the world we live in. Someone couldn't handle an embroidered nipple. (laughs) (laughs) It's an outrage. It is, it is. Well, speaking of the embroidery and the commissions, you, on your Instagram stories, you really try and promote that the people that come to you for commissions really do spend time with their bodies Mm. and enjoy the actual process of taking the nudes and I wondered if you give this advice based on your own experience and how you best work with your body to do this in a comfortable way yeah I think it's such an a big move to send someone Mm. a nude send a stranger especially yeah I was gonna say especially someone you don't know 
Exactly. And like in this day and age, just send, hitting send, you don't know where it's going. So I think the whole process of kind of encouraging these women to light a candle, get your favourite podcast on, yeah. like shut the door, lock it for extra security so you can <laughs> literally just relax. Because I think we never spend that time with our bodies. Mm. The time we spend with our bodies is either hating it or jumping in a shower and trying to cover it up as soon as possible or catching in it in a mirror and running away because you just don't <laughs> want to handle that right now. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that is just me, but I think actually dedicating that time is so important just to know that you are giving yourself space and you're you're a thinking it through as well because you don't want people to ever regret sending a photo to yeah, me so actually just processing it and understanding kind of what you're doing and and like the whole process of then scrolling through nudes of yourself that you have taken simply mm, for yourself yeah I cannot explain what an amazing feeling it is because you get stuck in like scrolling through how amazing you can look yeah. because you're seeing yourself from that new perspective <laughs> like you're not trying to be sexy you're just being yourself I and think it's like damn that lighting's good <laughs> yeah I think that's the thing as well when you maybe take a nude for someone else to send to someone else there's sometimes an underlying pressure whether you're young yeah. and you're doing it for the first time or whether you're older and you're you're trying to get that angle where you know your bum looks big and you know exactly. you it nice and all that whereas when you're taking it for yourself you know you can have a little roll and you can have you know your tits can look one saggy one perky you know like it doesn't matter because it's just you and you're doing it for yourself exactly no tummy sucking yeah no, like, exactly arching your spine to get the right <laughs> angle exactly like you say it's just comfortable and mm. because you're doing it for yourself you want it to represent yourself you wouldn't create an image that isn't of you when you want it to be a realistic representation so it's just like having that freedom and having that excuse if anything yeah. to to do it for yourself because we all have excuses to send nudes to other people <laughs> but when do we actually sit down and say right this body's mine and I need to do something for myself. Yeah. So yeah, it's so it's so important spending that time and just really getting to know yourself and letting yourself relax into it. Yeah, I suppose it's almost a form of self-care and self-love really, isn't it? It's like yeah. the same as lighting candles and taking a bath and just being there in your naked self, but almost like recording that moment. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Recording the moment of self-care forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in terms of your personal journey as well, I know that on your website, you use your own body. I mean, I remember those prints that you sent out. I don't know if they're still on the website, but I remember. Yeah, yeah so the, the prints I remember specifically, and I loved them and how you were sending them out sometimes with um, certain products. Yeah. And I wondered as well, how did you become confident enough to not only start taking nudes of yourself and showing your work on an embroidered t-shirt, but actually sending out prints of your own body that you've worked on out to strangers, essentially? I, so it's strange because I would never say that I'm confident yeah. to send out my body like that. But I think it just got to the point where like the beating myself up and the relentless self-hate in my yeah. head was it just had to stop like for my own sanity. Yeah. And like for these women where hitting that send button is the moment that you kind of start to change your mindset. Actually, like 
that almost accurate representation in a painting of myself mm. with my fingers up against my nipples because obviously Instagram can't handle nipples, <laughs> yeah. so I had to cover them somehow. <laughs> but actually, like, like getting that out there as a quite a realistic representation of what my body looks like mm. was that moment for me because previously it had been line drawings. It's very interpretive and, and just curves yeah. and lines. But actually, I mean, you're right. It is very stark and very me and very like unfiltered. I was gonna say um, it's, it's so obviously as you as you as well because oh. of the hair and everything. It, it's yeah. literally you just pinpoint you straight away, and it, you must have just built up so much self love and confidence to be able to do that. Yeah, and I think I use it as a bit of a shield as well because actually now that is out there, people have my body on their walls. People yeah. have it framed up. People have it on their phones. It's like, what can anyone ever throw at me? Yeah. Uh, to make my to either make me hate myself or to sexualize me that actually I can't retaliate and say you can't do that because I have owned my body yeah. and everyone everyone has access to it so but it's on my terms definitely and I think that's what I love about it it's it's like a a shield a bit of a a barrier that I can say you can't turn this against me because I've put this out there um if that even makes sense at all (laughs) completely it reminds me of that whole thing that went a bit viral on Twitter where it was um, men are horribly threatening to leak women's nudes and they're like mm. you know what I'll do it first then because I don't care exactly I feel like it's so similar to that I yeah, think reclaiming this your whole... body for yourself exactly exactly before someone uses revenge porn against yeah. you get it out there and own it on your own terms because then the power has shifted completely and Definitely. it's like what's the point it's such an interesting topic and yeah. in terms of the commissions again I wondered if you had any advice for anyone that might be you know a bit nervous or a bit unsure even about any of the process like maybe it's taking the nudes or even just wearing the shirt around like their, their yeah. hometown or anything like that I wondered if you had any advice on that so I think I always love to share testimonials from women who have done it before mm. and I would completely recommend reading them because mm. there are women who have been through it who have started at that same point of anxiety and self-hate and confusion and not knowing whether to take the leap or not and it works for some people and and for others you decide not to do it but actually just reading the testimonials gives that little bit of realism behind it like Mm. real women have done this and it has in some way helped them it's never a cure and I would never put that much pressure on my art as being the one and only source of of your happiness but it is an alleviation of that pain um and I know that because women have told me that like the feedback Mm. is incredible and it still blows my mind that I've somehow stumbled across this as a process (laughs) if you're anxious about it read the testimonials see see how other women's nudes have come out get that inspiration for posing um and I hate to call it posing as well like it's just us being us on our beds yeah just sitting down and Um, seeing how you end up looking (laughs) Exactly. And also, I'm so open to people reaching out and having a chat with me because Mm. the less of a stranger I feel, the less anxious you might feel as well. So I'm always so happy to talk through and get really emotional. Like, I'm I'm, I'm ready to get vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that really comes across as well in your Instagram stories. I I, like, obviously, I know that you did like your marketing degree and stuff. But that aside, it's it doesn't feel like you're marketing to an audience it feels like you're just 
creating a community and a safe space. And I think people really do see that through the way you just chat in your Instagram stories and share, you know, other brands and what you're working on. And it does feel very personal. And I think even though people may not necessarily know you or have spoken to you, it feels like they've got that safe connection to the point where they can feel comfortable giving those commissioned photos. Oh, that's lovely too. <laughs> I, I just like, I thinking about it earlier as well, when we were talking about your um your prince of yourself it's it's nice to have someone behind a brand that is a part of it rather than you know you have these websites that sell um like art on shirts and they're like top shop and pretty little thing and it's just not personal in any way i think it's really important with feminist t-shirts which are so in right now and it's this kind of commoditization of feminism and there's such a fine line because i feel like i'm i'm making money from women's bodies is that okay (laughs) i'm making money by selling feminism is that okay Mm. but actually when you strip it back like you just have i'm a female artist i'm just a normal gal just actually like trying to form that connection and help other women Mm. so i think there's such a difference like you say between the the stuff that goes on in mainstream high street brands Mm. that is just cashing in on a trend at any expense Mm. and sometimes at the expense of independent artists whose art just gets completely ripped off um whereas i feel like with the independent artists that are kind of well the grassroots of this whole movement i think we're so supportive of each other and there's such a kind of empowering and and lifting up uh culture amongst us that it doesn't feel it doesn't feel anything like that commoditization of this is what a feminist looks like on a slapped on a t-shirt exactly exactly and i mean i'm doing a fashion marketing degree and this topic comes up all the time yeah about whether it's actual feminism or again like you say profiting off feminism and it is such a fine line but I think if anyone out there is thinking about you know buying a feminist t-shirt or buying a feminist even like a notebook with boobs on it or something like that you know you can instead of going into paper chase and buying that or going into urban outfitters and getting something like that go on like Etsy or look on Instagram and just have a look at those independent sellers who were putting themselves out there just like mood threads and buy from those independent sellers rather than the big corporations that don't actually care about the movement itself. Totally could not agree more could not agree more and I think there's also just a bit more meaning behind a handmade creation or or like you say you you feel like you know the person behind the brand like Mm. I'm always buying from other independent artists Mm or people who create fashion so it's just one of those things like you'll feel better for it you'll feel better for supporting for supporting the underdog Mm, definitely and speaking on the topic of feminism you work with some really cool brands and charities so obviously you donate to bloody good period and then i've seen that you've written for some organic tampon brands and things like that And I just wondered if it was really important to you when you look at these charities or companies that you're going to write for or work with, is it important to have those feminist undertones? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, I think it would not only undermine my brand, but also Mm. just like my own values as well. And I think there's always that little voice in the back of my head that is trying to improve how I feel about my 
feminist business, like we were saying with the commoditized feminism, mm. I think by adding that charitable overlay onto my products with charities that are incredible, doing amazing work, I think it just reiterates the fact that you can't get this level of detail and joined up full circle feminism from those mainstream shops and, and mm. brands. It's it's more of a, a, a labour of love between loads of different yeah. feminist brands, charities. It's it's more than just a, a T-shirt or a print. It's It dedicates time and resources to a genuinely feminist cause. Mm. And I think that not only helps me sleep at night, but also resonates so much with people who want to feel like they're doing more. Yeah, and it's just a very simple way of saying it's okay that you don't have time, but you can help in this way. Mm. Um, so yeah, completely important for me to, to partner with the right people, whether that's Bloody Good Period or SmartWorks Charity who offer amazing advice and personal coaching and mm. free boss-ass outfits for women who are looking for work and who have been out of work for ages. So it's finding the right and, and the relevant charities as well that people can, can really get behind and just like showcasing what I find as well because otherwise like you just wouldn't hear about these charities unless unless they got the share of space and share of voice that they deserve definitely and I can completely relate to that with with having a nosy which is obviously the brand that this podcast is for it's a online magazine but it's also a print magazine and I was creating these print magazines and I was working out how much they'd sell for and how much profit I would make and I was sitting there one day and I just thought this magazine is full of personal stories from women that I've been through things like emotional abuse and things like that. And I was just like, I can't, I can't justify making a, a huge amount of profit off of this. So we're going to be donating most of our profits to action aid, which helps women in developing countries. So I definitely got inspired from mood threads because I've always seen how you sell the bum bags and you work with yeah. a really good period. And I, I literally came across it um, on your Instagram, and that's literally when I just thought, I cannot make a profit of this magazine. I don't want to. And yeah, so it's all. It's about, funny, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's, just... it's it's strange when you ba- break it down because I think if we were to go into that, that a bit deeper, mm. I think there's probably something oriented in women without being super generalised, mm. but there's probably something in us that doesn't want to make the the massive profit, and actually, there's something there's something in it that we want to help other people while yeah. we're lifting ourselves up as well. Definitely. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a negative thing at all. I think it's no way. really positive that we all, we're all we all so conscious of other people and how other yeah. people are living. And I mean, going back to Bloody Good Period, you know, five years ago, I had no idea what period poverty was. And now yeah. I'm completely aware and want to help where I can. So it's just about spreading the word through our brands as well it's probably a generational thing as well I think we're all so like you say conscious and want to help so actually to feel like you're profiting from from people's personal and intimate stories Mm. and journeys doesn't feel right You're, you're completely right and I think it's I genuinely think it's the future of business is to have that that conscience that we're lacking hugely hugely and even things like I mean I did I did a podcast with Lauren Evie last night and that will be going up soon and I was so excited to talk to her about things like sustainability and recycling and I see that you do that with your packaging as well 
uh, yeah. for mood threads, which is just absolutely fantastic. And I've seen obviously that through mood threads and I've seen it through other brands, independent brands that are really being conscious on the sustainability factor. And I think, again, that's a generational thing. And it's so exciting that we're all moving forward in that direction. Yeah, and I think as we move forward together, it will become more accessible for smaller brands to have that conscience because it is mm. expensive. It's more expensive to think about your supply chain and go for the yeah. eco option or the sustainable option or put that extra effort in to make sure that your packaging is 100% recyclable. Mm. And I think the more people that join that movement and the more people who have demand for that as well, mm. as you start purchasing more and more, it becomes more accessible it becomes cheaper which ultimately is what gets more people on board so i think it's it's these initial trendsetters and grassroots people that i've learned from as well that are leading the way and i think at some point we will have kind of that closed loop where we can all afford the sustainable the sustainable option i hope so i mean i really hope that that's the case (laughs) going back i mean i'm going completely off topic from sustainability and things now but i've just had a thought that's popped into my head I interviewed a woman, her name is Liv, and she's the founder of Embrace Your Body, which is, I suppose, a little bit similar to Mood mm-hmm. Threads, where she um, she illustrates uh, naked women and naked men and creates little prints for it. And it's fantastic. But sh- when I was interviewing her, she spoke about how she really, really dealt with a massive stigma behind it and people saying, oh, you must be a lesbian, you must be gay, or mm. you must be you must be just so, like, why are you so weird? You're so into all this nudity. And people just didn't understand. And I wondered if you had much experience with this kind of stigma at all. So from my perspective, I, I have a girlfriend. I mm. am gay. And you work but... together on the on mood threats, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It, I could not do it without her. And I think before being with her... I've been in straight relationships, but Mm. also still had this incredible passion for drawing the female form, like I said at the beginning. And yes, completely felt like a weirdo for for wanting to draw nude women. Um, And it feels less weird now, but for years, like I didn't share any of my art. And I remember Mm. being in kind of sixth form and having done what I was really proud of it was like a, a beautiful charcoal drawing of um of a nude woman mm. and I I wanted to share it so badly on Facebook or Instagram but I just yeah. thought someone's gonna think I'm gay and that's the worst thing that could possibly <laughs> happen to me look at me now um, <laughs> but actually like there is a stigma attached to it and mm. and whether that is whether people assume that you're gay because you 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 have this obsession with the female form. It's like, actually, no, it's just a beautiful shape. Anyone mm. can appreciate it. And I'm probably not the best spokesperson for this because I do have a girlfriend. <laughs> but I would say, yeah, there is a stigma attached to it. And I, I have friends who I initially shared kind of the first designs that I was embroidering with them for nude, from kind of mood threads. And some of the responses I got were like, God, that's so vulgar. No one would ever wear that. Oh, and God. I think... Like the word vulgar has just stuck with me so much yeah, because I thought it's, that it's is that's not word. what I see. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what I see when I look at this like beautifully mm. embroidered line drawing mm. with very like delicate pubes. It's like I 
sorry, I saw a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at. But yeah, I think that it depends. I think it's genuinely upbringing and what your your shock factor is and what you can kind of take. But there have definitely been hurdles where people have said, no, that's too much to put on a T-shirt. No one will ever want to wear that. And it's just like, actually, there's such an appetite for it. Yeah, because... it's, it's so funny because if I showed any of like any like a piece of art with with pubic hair in it of a woman mm. I showed that to my mum or my nan they'd be like oh that's disgusting but to yeah. me that that's nothing that's like you know most girls after a week of yeah. being busy and didn't have time to shave you know like that's just normal like yeah it, it just happens and some people choose to have it that way some people choose not to and that's absolutely fine either way yeah. It's just we surely we should be embracing what everyone wants to do and anyone wants to do and it shouldn't have a stigma attached to it at all. Exactly. And I think just that diversity in what mm. young girls and young guys are actually seeing of the female form. Definitely. Like if anything, I like to think that my little corner of Instagram mm. is just a bit of like an education book for some people. Definitely. And and I think just seeing that people some people, like you say, choose to grow it out. Some people don't. It's mm. like any way is natural and that's fine. Definitely. And actually there's no right or wrong way. And just creating the content that covers all of the spectrum, I think is so important. And and just like removing labels like gross and vulgar and disgusting and Easy. unhygienic and actually replacing them with empowering, beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's so important. And I think even if like I mean you say an education but maybe if a if a young girl comes across your page and sees a mood thread that she almost identifies herself in and says like oh that woman sent in that nude um that looks like me or the way my boobs look or the way I grow my hair or don't grow my hair it might give someone a boost in that way as well yeah I would love to think that I would love to think that there are young girls who are kind of stumbling across it maybe not even following because there is that stigma still yeah. attached when you when you're that young but I would love to think that it's just like a shiny beacon of hope yeah. full of pubes and wonky boobs and stretch yeah. marks and body rolls it is fantastic and it's it's amazing what you're doing and something that I've also thought about as well is that you you work full-time alongside mood threads I and do you're fresh out of uni you're working is it is it Mars that yeah you so I work for? at yeah. Mars yeah but, in marketing yeah so that's fantastic how do you manage to juggle your marketing position full-time and mood threads on the side what how do you do it <laughs> basically <laughs> Do you know what? I would not be able to do it without Elle. Um, she I think seems fantastic. She's amazing and she's so dedicated to like seeing my dream through as well. And and we complement each other so much. So I'm the I'm the arty booby fanatic. <laughs> and she's she's really logical and structured and she just loves processes. So so where I fall down, she picks me up. And I think I genuinely would not be where I was without her and just like our brainstorming sessions and kind of if it gets too much, she's there. Mm. And I think it is it is hard and there is an element of juggling and kind of feeling like you're not doing anything to 100% but yeah. actually like I have so much passion for for marketing and for mood threads actually mm. it's um it becomes easy when you know that the nine to five you can do and then post work you're doing something that you love as well yeah. um it would be a different story if I hated my nine to five yeah. and also if I wasn't enjoying mood threads anymore. But mm. but luckily 
the juggle is worth it yeah, for now. Yeah, it's fun um, and you enjoy it. And I suppose if, if Mood Threads is really annoying you one day or you can't get some piece of embroidery right or something's gone wrong, yeah. you can go to work and escape from it. And vice versa, if something's gone wrong at work, wrong at work you can come back for new Mood Threads. I think that's bang on. Like, they're both an escape. So they can both get too much at times. Mm. So just having having that escape where it's just a totally different sphere. Like I can't talk about boobs and, and <laughs> pubes at work, but then also I, I don't I don't take in the kind of stereotypical and traditional marketing into mood. So yeah. it's it's very different. It's two very different spheres. And I think like I've got so much love and support from it in my um, nine to five as well. Oh, but there's, I mean, it's difficult kind of bringing it up. It's almost not suitable for work. But yeah. um I mean, Just, I, I mean, I'm I surrounded by imagine. amazing people who love it. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's, I suppose, maybe on your first day or your first week, if someone asks, oh, what are you doing when you go home? You can't, how, yeah. do, you, how do you say, oh, I'm embroidering some pubes on a shirt? Like, how do you, exactly. how do you approach that? But it's fantastic. It, you've got to get it out some, early. Yeah, you've got to just say it so everyone knows and that's that. Yeah. <laughs> you be a little a gossip around the office for a week or so. And then, and then they'll get bored. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's fantastic. What advice would you give to any woman that wants to start a bit or a man or a non-binary person or however they identify who wants to start a business that might be considered, I suppose, as your business, you said, mm. was sometimes considered vulgar and things like that. If it's a business that might be labeled too feminist or too controversial, what advice would you give to them? Take the energy that you get from hearing the people who are saying that about your business or your art and channel it into proving them wrong and mm. proving that there are other people, other boob fanatics, <laughs> other weirdos out there who will love it. I think it's easier said than done because I can't just say, go for it. You won't come across any issues because actually like we live in a world where there are genuine systems in place to make sure that this kind of art doesn't make it like yeah. the censorship of my initial account is just like one example of how there are real things real obstacles that will try and stigmatize and censor that kind of controversy it should not be controversy at all um but i would say go for it and have backups <laughs> so i have a backup instagram account now just in case my uh, my usual one goes down um, and it by no means has the same support it doesn't have any mm. content on it but it's just that that backup just in case I think that's very specific if you're looking to do something like me where where it can get censored but if it's controversial and you can still push it do it within reason like I'm not suggesting <laughs> horrible controversial businesses pop out of nowhere but I think if you've got a passion for it you will genuinely find a way and you will find people who think the same I always think if it's meant to be it will be and clearly with mood threads that's works completely and you know brands like um I don't know if you've heard of pot your tits away with a yes that I've got a pot <laughs> oh, happy. oh that's amazing but it's, it's brands like that you know they, they seem like such a neat and such a almost like a weird thing to do at first and then yeah you will never know unless you just go for it yeah emma's great man and, <laughs> and she is just proof that actually there is a pool of people who can get behind yeah what seems to be weird a commissioned yeah. pot of your boobs <laughs> yeah. but actually 
it's the same structure and the same process. Mm. It's like just reclaiming your nudity and saying, fuck you, I'm putting this on display so that you can't throw it back in my face. Um, There's always an appetite. There's always other weirdos out there. (laughs) It is fantastic. It's absolutely amazing what you've done with Moon Thread. I want to say congrats on your rebrand as well. It looks fantastic. Oh, thank you. I saw it earlier and I was like, oh, I have to mention it in the podcast because it looks (laughs) fab. I love the whole colour scheme and everything. It looks great. Um, If anyone is interested in checking out mood threads just look it up on instagram it is literally how what is your at is it jazz moody or is it mood yeah at jazz moody it's jumped over to my personal account after the deactivation (laughs) fantastic all right well thank you so much for having a chat with me i've had a great time i really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me i appreciate your time thank you have an amazing evening you too mate speak soon speak soon Bye bye